Hello, it is Friday. That means bring it in with me, Gerard Hector, and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? Fantastic, my friend. Well, there's a lot happening, even though it's, you know, supposedly like the quiet time of the NBA season. It's just summer league, but we got we got lots to talk about. People want trades. Uh, people overreacting about summer league. You did a good job last week of telling everybody, just calm down. Um, and, of course, the big news yesterday. Indiana Pacers offer DeAndre Ayton a four-year, $130 million offer sheet, which he signed, but the Phoenix Suns within, oh, I don't know. Oh, no, he didn't sign. Excuse me. Within 90 minutes, the Phoenix Suns matched it and said, well, you're not going anywhere, my friend, you're, well, at least for now. You're staying here. And so DeAndre gets his money, you know. So we, we'll talk about basketball and what that means on the floor for the the Suns, but I want to talk to you as a coach about what this means intangibly and like chemistry wise. You're big on Royal Jelly and the different things that teams need to succeed going forward. What we saw last year, last year, last season with how the Suns playoff run ended. Monty's comments about DeAndre, the blow up on the sideline, him being unhappy all year. They didn't give him his money. He had to go this route to get the offer sheet and then like, all right, fine, we'll match you. I have to feel for a 23-something-year-old player, he's going to be feeling some kind of way about Phoenix, about Monty, about that whole organization. And there's going to need to be some smoothing of egos and everybody trying to come back together to run this thing back. Because I don't know that it's just, all right, you got your money. Everybody's happy. Now let's run it back again. I think it's going to be a little more work than that. There's a lot to unpack here. And um, let's first eliminate the uh, that game seven issue where DeAndre didn't come back in the game and, you know, he was benched. We don't really know. I don't know what happened. I don't know that yeah. we really know. So let's just eliminate that for a second. Uh, it's still really awkward. You know, he, he he's the first pick overall. He anchors. Uh, he wasn't their best player, but he anchors. Uh, uh, championship run there they were they had you know two games away from winning the whole thing best season they've had in forever and uh they don't give him the max extension basically i think they're saying uh we don't think you're worth that we're, you're worth a ton we're gonna we're willing to pay you a king's ransom just not the most money imaginable we don't think you're that that's your market value my guess is considering what happened is that they probably told Bill Duffy, his agent, whoever did the negotiating for, for because he has two agents, uh, hey, we're never giving you the max. If we get to the end of the season, uh, you, you can go get a max offer from someone and we'll match it. Like, we're not going to, there's no way you're, you're, you're leaving us. I don't know that they ever said that publicly, which is weird to me. If they didn't, mm -hmm. I don't remember ever hearing it, but that's what happened. The, the agency did, the agencies involved did a great job, they got the max. The most he could possibly get for four years, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the Suns, like, like by the time they probably saw the contract and everything, they matched it. Mm -hmm. So, in theory, you should be able to work through it. Uh, uh, DeAndre did a great job last year mm -hmm. of performing to above expectations, given the fact that they didn't give him an extension, which is weird. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people in his position would get the extension; his other draft classmates did, mm -hmm. and so he's done it once. Now to come back again, it's you're you, it's you're kind of playing Russian roulette a little bit. If you're the Suns, I believe mm -hmm. I don't know whose fault it is. I've heard some 
stories about James Jones, who I've always liked as a, as a, as the guy in charge. We all know about Robert Sarver. I don't know who's in who's in charge of it. Uh, but but now let's get back to what I told you to put on hold, which is the potential bad feelings between Monty and DeAndre. I I don't know what happened, but that's that's at risk. It, the there's an argument, um, Gerard, where the Suns are able to say to him, "We believe in this current NBA landscape. You can't earn." Let's just reference bonus wins. You can't mm-hmm. earn what we need you to earn uh, if we pay you max money. It's just the position you play and the construct of our team and the mm-hmm. way our league is going. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, there was no way we were ever going to lose you. And we're willing to bite the bullet. That's how it is. We're, we're committed to you. We don't plan on trading you. We don't want you to ask for a trade. You're going to love it here. You know, This is what you could argue with him. I don't know that they're making that argument. They, they need to. Right. They need yeah. to or... Uh, January 15th comes around, which is when he can be traded, and you might hear the bomb drop of, yeah. I'm out of here, yeah. fuck you guys. <laughs> like, like, just like that. Yeah. And he he has, uh, he can veto a trade within the first year. Like, that's so, that's that's, that's part of the, 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 the rules, I believe, um, the way the contract's set up. So, yeah. you know, so they, they can't even send them somewhere crappy, right? It's like, no, like... I, it's just it's just awkward to your point. It's like if this was your plan all along, why didn't you just do that from the beginning? Like if you knew 133 was the number, well then just give it to him. Like why do you have to go through the whole song and dance of let Indiana put an offer sheet out now? Because it just it's gonna make him young guys especially they're gonna judge their value and how you feel about them by whether you pay them or not. And when you monkey around with their money. And be like, well, you don't actually have faith in me. You don't believe in me in that way. No matter what you're selling me, song and dance. And Monty and James Jones and whoever are going to have to do a lot of royal jellying if they think that they're going to keep him and not move him come January 15th. Because I imagine he's going to have some, he has some hurt feelings right now. Yeah, I was just talking to my wife about um, the, this age, this age group. He's only a couple years older than our twins. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when they, when they have a birthday, it's a big deal. Like I don't, I remember one birthday in my life, not, 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 I mean the actual day of my birthday. Uh, and that was when I turned 19, I could drink legally and it was a Thursday night. You can look it up. 1983. I remember very well. And, uh, at the end of whatever I was doing with our frat that night on campus, um, I walked right across the street from the O'Connell center with the Gators still play. Mm-hmm. And there was a little Packers tour, uh, called Nels in the LL apostrophe. Yes. <laughs> and I bought a Budweiser and drank it in a Brown bag <laughs> legally, <laughs> legally. I don't even like, Bud. <laughs> I, I don't like any beer that much. Then I walked back to my camp. That's the only birthday I remember. Like by myself, drinking a beer legally. <laughs> now it's a fucking, my daughter was just telling uh, my wife, you know, you got to do the champagne thing at midnight and like fucking champagne's $120. Chrissy, Chrissy said to Rachel, like your budget for the week for food is less than that, young lady. Like, you are not buying your friend a fucking bottle of champagne. But this is what they do. I, I, I went to one of the birthday parties and I'm getting to a point here in a minute. I, I, we were in Orlando recently and, and one of, um, oh, it was my daughter's birthday weekend. Mm-hmm. We saw her that night. The next night she's out with her friends. So my wife and I came into the, the, the restaurant. They were at the restaurant bar, and I, I just gave the waitress the credit card, said, I'm, I'll cover everything to this point. <laughs> it was not cheap. Big mistake <laughs> by me. They, I, they, it's just a different world. And so my point is, and we can blame social media and Instagram and keeping up with the Joneses mm-hmm. and all of that. I think you're exactly right. I think that asking DeAndre to do it one time is fine business. Mm-hmm. 
The second time, he, he, you better have really planted some seeds prior. I don't know that they have. Right. And now if you haven't, and even if you have, you better really manage it because he's super integral. Mm-hmm. And th- what I'd be saying to them is we don't think your position is worth that money, but we're still paying you. You can't mm-hmm. be mad at us. We, as soon as you brought the offer, we delivered. Get mm-hmm. over it. You're the, you've signed the biggest extension of all time for your class, for your age, whatever. Mm-hmm. You're going down history. Like, we, let's walk off into the sunset, kumbaya style. Mm-hmm. And we're all in this together. You can say it. You can right. do all the royal jelly you want. Uh, it very well may be the case where he's just like, fuck these motherfuckers, January 15th. I'm fucking out of here. Yeah. yeah. And, and so to your point, why'd you do it? Yeah. You couldn't <laughs> win this. Just fucking, you knew someone's going to do it just, right. just to call your bluff and make you pay it. Right. That's the thing because you weren't, they weren't going to let him walk for nothing because that would have been a colossal disaster. 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 So, I mean, it just, it, it, someone said on Twitter, it was like this game of Russian roulette and they're like, I don't know what the Suns got by playing hardball. Like now they're going to have a guy who might just be pissed off at them for six months. And it's like, ah. but you know, maybe they, ha- look, we don't know everything that goes on in every organization. I haven't talked to anybody down in Phoenix. Like maybe they have some master plan they're working on. I'm going to bet they probably don't, right? Just because they haven't shown that thus, thus far. It's just strange. Anyway, moving to the Indiana side of this, uh, Miles Turner, whose name I feel like, Coach, has been in trade rumors literally <laughs> since he came into the NBA. I'm like, every year, it's like, oh, is this the year that Miles Turner finally gets traded? I mean, he ain't even that that old, but I feel like he's been on the trade block for, trade block for 10 years. How's he feeling right now? I was talking to an agent about this last night who has a player on the team. Um, you would hope that they sat him down and said, uh, we, we like playing two bigs. We did it with Sabonis and you. Mm-hmm. We saw what the Celtics did. We see what Minnesota's doing. We saw what Phoenix did in the playoffs, playing two bigs a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we want to play. Uh, we saw the Grizzlies. We want to play two big guys. And so we're going after Aiton. It allows you to guard fours or anyone you want, really, and play like Robert Williams. And we have an anchor to support you. And if we can't get him because he, the Phoenix matches, we're going we're gonna to still look for a center for you. Uh, and then after a month or two, if it turns out that you don't need him, then, then you can trade him and say, we really tried. He still might get mad, but it, it's all right. You're done. You're trading him at this point. If they didn't do that, well, now he's got to be thinking, what the hell, man? You know, mm-hmm. I've been, you know, this is why I don't ever worry about players not showing loyalty to a franchise. Mm-hmm. It's just business. You, you, as a business, as a team, that's how you approach it. You don't ever be mad for a player to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. fair. It's just reciprocal. Yeah. Reciprocity. Yeah. So uh, if you're Miles Turner, you're probably, in a sense, disappointed. And Indiana's going nowhere this year. Yeah. Uh, and they got DeAndre Ayton. They still are lucky to get a play in. They, mm-hmm. Right now, name me the, mo- the almost overwhelming guaranteed top eight guys in the East. Let's do it right now. I bet you can do it in 25 top eight, seconds. Top yep. eight teams? Top eight teams. Yep. Brooklyn. Mo- I'm sorry, not Brooklyn. Yeah, uh, right? Boston, Milwaukee, um, Philly. Uh, God, who am I missing? Oh, in a bunch of easy ones. Uh, Toronto, Atlanta. Yep. Uh, who else am I missing? Number one seed Milwaukee? East. Number one seed last year. Oh, Miami. Forgot about Miami. There, God, there's Miami. six. There's okay. six. Okay. Uh, how about how about the team in the Windy City? Oh, Chicago. Christ, forgot about Chicago. Right. Oh, Cleveland. There's Cleveland. Eight. There you go. <laughs> I, I told you you could do it in 25 seconds. 
and, and I didn't even name and at Brooklyn. I didn't put Brooklyn in there. Right. Like, if, right. yeah. which could be they, if they keep Durant, they'll be right there. Right. So right. what I'm saying is, if you're Indiana, even with DeAndre Ayton, you, who are you beating out from that group? Because no. you're no. still yeah. depending on Halliburton, who's 23, 22, Mathurin, and Mathurin. Nemhard, the 31st pick, is a good player, but he's a rookie. Right. Uh, Karis, uh, no, Levert's not even there. We're no, he's not even there. Yeah, he's not even there. Yeah. Yeah, not even there. They, they, have got, they've got some work to do. So, if you're Miles Turner, you're like, fuck. Like, yeah. I want to get traded now. So, and yeah. if you're Indiana, you're like, okay, let's 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 hope he does, and we're gonna try to get Victor Wembanyama, whatever his name is. Is is is, is Carlisle excited about <laughs> coaching a team like this that's super young and like, or is he like, well, oh god? I, you know, <laughs> I, I I don't know. My guess is that um, there's some. There's some fun things you can do if you think you've got a core, a young core. Uh, in my book, I wrote about the worst team I ever coached. I was the assistant. I just volunteered to help a buddy of mine who I, whom I got the job, and then he was not winning. And so I said, fuck, I need it. He called me. He's like, where'd you get me in here? Come help me. So I, he's <laughs> one of my best friends. We won two games. We, we played four freshmen a lot, started them a lot. That same group two years later went to the Sweet 16. Same group of kids, except for the one senior. We had one senior and a bunch of kids. And two years later, we're in the Sweet 16. We pulled a huge upset on the road in the, in the Final 32 against a great team. That was a blast, only winning two games. And the two games we won was like winning the Super Bowl. But we knew what we were building. We knew what kind of toughness. Uh, I had a coach say to us, one of my best friends, who was a coach of a very, very good program out of the area. And we played them every year. And they used to spank us. And then we started beating them. And great games. And I said, what's the biggest difference? And he said, you guys are just so much tougher. He said, my players mm-hmm. have talked about it. The guys we've had for three or four years, it used to be fun playing you guys. And now even if we beat you, it ain't fun. Because <laughs> you guys are so much tougher. I think there's, there's some joy in that. Rick, Rick's yeah. been in a lot of big games. Yeah. I don't know how long Rick is there for coaching. He, I can see him bumping into management at this point. Mm-hmm. Maybe not this year, but after this year, the way, the way um, you know, Pat Riley mm-hmm. bumped up. Fired Stan Van Gundy, took over, and then bumped up again. I could see, I could see him doing that. They, they do, I do like their core. Their, their summer league team, I don't totally understand how they're evaluating, uh, yeah. how they're seeding. I think it's strictly based on quarters. Yeah. Indiana, if they, if they win uh, four quarters, they play, a ter- they play the Wizards, I think they're in the finals of the summer league championship. Mm. They've got, and, and a bunch of those players will be on the roster. Like, they've got some good players. And Matherin's looked good. So um, my point, but Miles Turner is like, you know, Toronto needs a, a shot blocker. Um, the, the, the Bulls could use a shot blocker. They may not want to trade Booch, but they could use a shot blocker. So yeah. I could see him pleasantly visiting with, hey, where can I go? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting you say that, right? That you're never mad at players because it's a business to stay in the way the, own, the, the, the team treats it. How do you, as an organization, you know, and this is the part about team building that I feel like fans never want to pay enough attention to. There are still human beings involved in this, right? So how do you keep the ship flowing in the same direction, everybody rowing, right? When you know this type of thing has happened. And I think it's with honesty, right? Which I feel like in this business, you probably don't get a ton of it, right? But teams just being honest with with players and vice versa. I think there's two things. So th- clearly that's one. And that's just being, that's just having integrity to what you, what your word is. Lying to, lying to players is never good. Um, I, I may have, I'm sure I've mentioned this before when I, uh, my good friends kind of took over the Grizzlies a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I wrote them a memo. I put the memo in my book. Um, basically, I, how to build that culture. And one of the things I wrote is 
we, we want, we, I was not involved in it, but I was speaking for them. You want to be so invested in the success of your players that when, when they leave because they're just too expensive or you have to trade them for a business decision, uh, or you have to cut them because they're just not good enough. You want them to weep and you want to be weeping to say goodbye. Uh, it, you can't do it with everyone. There's players you'll acquire via trade, free agency, or draft that don't turn out to be the kind of person you thought they were. Mm-hmm. But the goal would be, I want to fall in love. I, I once was accused of, of just you know, completely falling in love with all my players. I'm like, yeah, if I don't, <laughs> if I don't love them, that's part yeah. of the deal of player development is, is the Pygmalion theory. It's shaping them uh, because you love them so much and, want, and can see where they can get. So to me, this is what we're dealing with. There's so many teams struggling with this right now to include your, your team in Brooklyn. How do we piece this back together? It starts with just being so invested in these players in the, into their future, on the court, off the court, uh, checking in with them all the time, not just about any one thing, but just as on, on a human level, on a personal level. And then but what you said to start. And then it's about being honest about where we are, where you are, where we are together. Um, and let's just keep a dialogue. Uh, we're going to get each other upset. You may be disappointed in some things we do. We may be disappointed in some things you say or how you play. But if we're committed to each other, for as long as we have this contract, we got to be committed to each other. Uh, it's only fair. And I always think about, you probably have, you probably, you probably have seen me write this sometimes, Gerard. Um, I don't really collect much of anything, but I like to collect best friends. <laughs> yeah. And you have to earn that. You have to earn, hey, we're, are we best friends? No, I joke about that. But I really, like, I, I want to have a lot of best friends. And um, you have to earn all, you, at some point, there's a finite amount of time we all have in the day. So, uh, but we could try. We could just try to connect with people, care about people. Uh, I'm not saying these players are soft. I'm not one of these guys that says that. But because of, Instagram and, and Twitter and all the things that we're seeing now. And because everything's got to be, I mean, you can't ask a girl to prom in high school, Gerard. It's got to be a big fucking deal, right? It's a big deal. You're not dating. You're just talking. You may know all this. I still don't understand the difference, but, uh, and then you, you have really have to kind of make a commitment. I was talking to a, a, another family member of mine, not, not my kids. Uh, and they're 21 about their girlfriend and they were talking <laughs> and then he literally had to say, all right, it's official. It's just you and me. Like you were giving them a pin in the 1950s, like my dad gave my mom. It's just, everything is so dramatic and, and you, and you got to make sure the cameras capture everything. And yeah, man, I yeah. asked my wife to marry me wearing a disgusting green tank top from Key West. <laughs> I put a ring and a little note in a fortune cookie after Chinese food. Like I, I look like I was a, a, a bum. <laughs> Nowadays, it's getting people to hide behind a tree and it's all yeah. about the image. Yeah. And I think there's a cost to that. And so yeah. because of it, we got to be more mindful as adults in, in, in the business world and the basketball world of recognizing that the, the players can be more fragile mentally. And if you manage it well, and I think the Warriors are a shining example, they, they have a very enigmatic, hot-headed star on their team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've seemed to... They just want another championship. Yeah, they're doing something right. And I think, I think Steve Kerr follows what you said. I think he's honest. I, I've had agents tell me they love Steve Kerr because they get the truth from him about their player, good or bad. Yeah, yeah. And I believe it. Yeah. 
I, I think you're so right on that about everything else we were t- talking about before about how everything's a big deal in the moment capturing. It's performative, right? So you're not yeah, performative. You're, you're, yeah. It's it's not actually human connection, right? Yeah. It's it's something else, right? It's a it's a representation of what you think this thing is supposed to be, but it's like this is human beings, man. We have to relate and connect. And I think you bring the warriors up. We always talk about them, but they matter in this way, right? Like Draymond, if you're looking at the warriors as a workplace, Draymond is a difficult employee, right? Like he just is. High maintenance. Now, High maintenance. Right. He gives you a lot, but it's there's a lot that he takes out of you too. And benching him in the finals, that was huge. Yeah. But there's no way Kerr could do that if, to your point, all of that stuff isn't built well ahead yeah. of time. Could you imagine if there was no – and he did that? It, it could – I mean, it would have been World War Twelve in there, right? Like <laughs> someone like Drake – we know what happened in the Oklahoma City locker room in 2016, whatever game it was, where – Th- those two were screaming at each other and the, the security person outside was like, I'm going to call the police because I don't know what's going to happen in here. Is Draymond going to kill Steve, Steve Kerr inside this locker room? Right. I mean, it's just, but if they don't have that, right. Kerr can't do this, right. Like right. they came back from that moment. So, and it's the equity that he puts in because he knows, you know, ultimately Draymond knows this guy cares about me, even though I disagree with him vehemently about whatever's happening right now it's for the best. And it's, that's a hard place to get to. It is. I think that, um, I think the average fan, especially the average old white man fan, thinks <laughs> all these players are soft. And I was so much harder back in the day, whatever. <laughs> Everyone's so much tougher. And, um, but the reality is it's always been, I shouldn't say always, it's mostly always been the same, which is uh, in positions of authority, like a coach or an executive, you've, you've got to mix toughness in with real relationship building. Uh, that, that takes time. It's the, it's the single best compliment I think my son's ever given me. He didn't give it to me. He gave it to my wife. But when he was talking about tough coaching and, and Chrissy said, well, I know, I know dad's really tough on you. And, she, and he said, no, mom, he's, he's the king of relationship building on the court. He wasn't talking about himself mm-hmm. uh, because it's not fair. I'm his son. I mean, he's mm-hmm. my son. But uh, he, he says, I see it. I see the way he talks to his players on the court. Always have. It, you can be tough when you care about your players and they know it. And what does that mean? So if high school coach, it means when I was dating the woman I'm married to now, we were bringing kids over to our house because they didn't have furniture in their homes mm-hmm. and they would come to our house to study for exams. It would be driving everyone everywhere. Otherwise they couldn't go to basketball camps, even though it meant I made no money because I already donated. I lost money. I donated my, my check. Sometimes it was 120 bucks and I was 24. I could have used the money. <laughs> but I, man, if I could bring another kid to camp, if he didn't come to camp for the week, he stayed home and not a good area. Nothing good was happening at home. So I, I had to pay for the gas and our program didn't have any money. And it means just how school go today? Just checking in as an adult, it's following up on, did someone have COVID? How's your children doing? Mm-hmm. How's your home? I, I was talking to, um, I, I mean, over the years, you talk to agents about franchises when they welcome new players. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know of, I know the Spurs and the Thunder, this is going back a few years, but not 10 years, maybe five years, six years. They, I'm sure it's the same. They have like an ambassador basically Mm -hmm. for the, for the spouse. Mm -hmm. So when you go to, when you get acquired by that team, whether it's free agency or, or, or trading, uh, you have your own personal tour guide when you go to games, if you're the spouse, Mm -hmm. you call that person up. I just parked. They meet you at the, at the garage or if that's where you park typically, and here's, you want to go eat? Here's where you go. Here's your seats. And you're, they just follow you around everywhere to make sure you know where everything is. 
Mm-hmm. Not every team does that. No. I would think every team's going to get to that because that's how you're supposed to do it. That, that, that's, and that's low-hanging fruit. Right. That's easy. Like that's, yeah, exactly. That's easy. Mm-hmm. Where are you when things are harder? Um, I think I've told this story when, you know, when Corey Brewer's dad got real sick, got it, went to a coma, he called me crying. I said, call Ma- I called Masai. Masai took care of everything right away. This was in Denver. Uh, a couple of weeks later, whatever it was, he, he died. You know, you have to be there for your team at that point. Letting him – didn't Derek White miss a game to go? Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's, it's, that, yep. that, that, buys, that buys you something. Mm-hmm. That, that, that means we see you beyond just the fact that you're a basketball player. Uh, I, I happen to value that. I think most players would value that. And so you got to do that stuff, and you got to do it religiously. Because if, if these players have been hustled their whole life. Yeah. They may not have been hustled successfully because they're right. just as sharp, if not even sharper, mm-hmm. but they know the hustle that's coming. They, they, they see the, the lack of genuineness, right? So uh, if you're genuine about it, they remember that stuff. Doesn't always mean it'll work. As, as we said, at the end of the day, you gotta, these guys are loyal to their own business and I have no problem with that. That's your job as a franchise to get these guys loyal to you, even when maybe it doesn't pay off in the short term. Yep to the point of chasing championships, whatever. Um, and that's what the money's for too, by the way. Yeah. Correct. At some, at some point, especially after that first deal, mm-hmm. right? That's an old madman line. That's what the money's for. Don Draper, <laughs> right? We yep. pay you really well. For sure. <laughs> is, yeah, the thing is, so when else, everyone else would pay him too. And this is where to your original thing about Aiden, Indiana was going to pay me the same now. Like I'm not impressed. Right. <laughs> right. I'm not right. impressed. You guys <laughs> know me. I played mm-hmm. here for whatever number of years. Four mm-hmm. years now? Four years, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you still didn't think I was worth it, and they did? Fuck you. Yeah. I yeah, just, no. It's... They got some work to do, man. They better do. They better go to a lot of uh, Diamondbacks games this summer. <laughs> Maybe some Cardinals games in the fall in the suite. Like, Something. they got to they do some stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. It, and to your point, it's got to be genuine, right? Because all this stuff, yeah. you can do it in a performative way. and just right. say, But they'll know because, as you said, those kids have been hustled since oh, they were yeah. eight years old. They know if you actually mean it or if you're just, you know, paying lip service. So, yeah, yeah it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Another team that is, um, you know, doing some doing some changing around the house, house cleaning, is, as it were, the Utah Jazz. So Rudy Gobert shipped out to, to Minnesota. We know that. And obviously, if they ship Rudy Gobert out, the logical thought process is Donovan Mitchell's going too, right? Because they're, they're doing rebuild, right? So they're entertaining conversations. Danny's there to figure out how can I rebuild this team? And the reason why I think they're doing that is because I don't believe that Danny thinks you can, Donovan Mitchell is the number one on a championship team. Uh, I don't think you think that either. Um, I think he's a very good player. He can be a number two probably, right? On, the, on a well-constructed team. But as the guy, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't think we've seen it. I mean, he had one awesome playoff run and that was the bubble. Everything else, and, and they lost that series, by the way, in seven games. They didn't even win it. Everything else has been, eh, you know, high, high, a lot of scoring, not a ton of efficiency. And, you know, those guys are exciting and people love it. But ultimately, do they help you win? Hmm. So the Knicks are a rumor team he's been talked about forever because he's from the area. Um, but there are other teams where, where he might end up. What do you think is going on with the Donovan Mitchell situation? Strap in, buddy. We got some talking to do here. <laughs> so you're almost never wrong when you diagnose where you think my observations are. Oh, but, uh, you do think he's the number one. Okay. Well, I, I don't ever think about a one, two, three that no, you way. You don't. You don't. Right. Uh, but he, he's incredible. So he let, me go, let me say a couple of things. So first of all, 
in, uh, I'm 57. I hope that we're doing the show when I'm 67. <laughs> so in that 10-year span, Gerard, uh, I don't think Utah Jazz will ever have a player as good as Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert. Mm. So, so what the fuck are you doing, Utah? Mm. What in the fucking world are you doing? You had the maybe the best defensive player of all time who was still really defending well. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he led the league in dunks every year too, forever. So it's not like he could not score. And you have this dynamic scoring guard. Uh, uh, I think he, in the Clippers series, he was just, um, he was injured. He just wasn't he was the same. Hurt. He was the bubble, hurt. he was amazing. He was also, as a rookie, he fucking ran Oklahoma City off the court. He was, he was very, so that was great as rookie year. Uh, I think you're right. And it's fair for you to point out the question mark of number one or not. Because as we've seen, you need that stud wing guy too, because you got to guard the other team's stud wing right. guy. Right. Or you got to like, be Steph Curry. <laughs> right. But, like, but, but even Steph Curry, <laughs> even though I think Jason Tatum's fatigue was the bigger factor than Andrew mm-hmm. Wiggins. Yes. Correct. But they did have a, the world's fastest six, eight foot man that played basketball. <laughs> that didn't hurt. Correct. And he played nope. great. He was. Okay. He was excellent. So, so I think we can both agree that if, if you're in New York, for example, well, we got our, our top score set. Like, you True. can win a championship with that dude as your top score. You yes. definitely need other people. Utah had other people. They, <laughs> and and I, I thought it was wise to fire their coach. Nothing against Quinn. In fact, I think the Knicks should probably look into hiring Quinn. Mm. I think it'd be an upgrade for them. Especially, I think he and Donovan probably got along fine. Donovan did fucking play great for him. Uh, you fired him. Try a different coach with that roster. And, um, and, and they instead, they're, it's, the, it's, it's so arrogant to think that you're going to just be able to run it back in a couple of years after what you just had. Let's face <laughs> it. You had the Stockton Malone years. Right. Great, great mm-hmm. run. And then you had the desert. And then you had the Gobert Donovan years, a couple years. And now you're back in the desert, literally. Yeah. Salt yeah. Lake City. What are you doing? I don't, it's, it's absolutely crazy that they think it's going to be so easy. Now, if they get Victor, who we'll talk about <laughs> later, well, and, and they might, and they might, but still, you're still years away, years yeah, away. Yeah. They have a lot of yeah. picks. I think it's, uh, if I, I'm, I don't ever want anyone to commit violence, but to quote <laughs> Al Pacino, I take a fucking flamethrower to, to that palace. <laughs> like, uh, we, we have this incredible team. Oh, by the way, didn't they lead the league in offense last year? They did. Like they by did. a mile. They're, they're, they've led the league in defense. They've led the league in offense. Adjusting that rating, everything. What are you doing? <laughs> you guys had, it's like the Phoenix Suns ripping apart the Steve Nash Suns. Guys, you play this gorgeous style of basketball with the world's best defender who's still fine. He's still a great right. player. I, I just think the, I, they deserve every bit of terrible thing that happens to them. <laughs> they got a new owner. They, you know, new management, whatever. They fucked it up. If I was a Jazz fan, I'd say, guys, I'm done. Do you think it's because they got the new owner and he wants to, you know, every new owner wants to put their imprint? But it's like, well, I get putting your imprint, but dumping, I'm mean, dumping Gobert and Mitch. I mean, and look, Mitchell may end up staying because they may not get what they want. Right. They can trade for a center and be fine again. You know, right, it won't be great, right. but they'd be fine. That seems strange to me. Unless, unless it's because those two really don't get along and they were just like, we're not, we're not, we're not doing this anymore. We can't keep these two together. Right. So if that's the case, then trade for valuable players, not just picks. Yes. But yeah. there, I, to your original point on this, it seems like they're building for the future. And, and wow, can they do that? I put, a, I put a thing on Twitter, as you know, 
Uh, they can they can trade Mitchell to the Knicks and get a bunch mm-hmm. of those picks. Mm-hmm. They can take they can trade all their multi year contracts pretty much to the Lakers for Westbrook, wave him, mm-hmm. buy him Maybe out, stretch. save mm-hmm. a couple million. Yeah, save, maybe save a million or two. Because he'll go, he'll someone else will sign him, you know, yeah. I'm sure. And uh, and basically they'll be the cheapest, they'll build the they'll have the lowest payroll for the next four years in the NBA. They'll get they'll get all the luxury tax money that's coming in. Mm, all these the picks. Piece. Yeah. They can do they can do all of that. But again, if you're a jazz fan, you you're like, I we finally had this two-year run where we were really, really good. We changed our coaches, great, and now. We're yeah. starting over again. Like we'll never, we, we, I may retire and they'll never be as good as they just were these last two years. Yeah. Yeah. And they just threw it away. It's just absolutely ludicrous to me. It's terrible, terrible decision-making. It doesn't mean it won't work out, but it's just bad strategy. And I don't know if this owner wanted to do it. My guess is management convinced him. Danny. We can't win with Donovan Mitchell. Well, we'll see. We've heard that before. We've heard KG <laughs> and Dirk and right. it's a long list of guys that you couldn't win with them. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you can't. <laughs> I think they fucked it up. I really, they deserve, like I said, they deserve all the terrible things co- coming to them. I mean, my thing was always, could they figure out a way to get themselves a little bit better wing defender type? Of course right? they that, could have. Cause, yeah. Because that was, the, that was the issue, right? It's like, well, when you got Rudy on the floor with minus defenders around him, of course you're making his job much harder in the postseason. Just get some better guys on, on the wings, which I thought they could do, but they never did. Well, and and just change up the way, you know, they're just not, he's not, uh, Quinn's not a good postseason coach. Yeah. They did not yeah. make the, some of the adjustments they needed to make. We'll see. Like, uh, honestly, I'm really rooting. If Donovan Mitchell goes to New York, they'll be one of my favorite teams. I've never <laughs> met Donovan Mitchell, but I know, I know his game extremely well. I want Minnesota to win a bunch of games with Rudy. Like, Ooh, I just want them to throw it in Salt Lake's in the Jazz's face, not the fans. <laughs> not the fans' fault. But I'm telling you, I, I'd be leading a boycott. Like, don't give this guy a penny. Yeah. We we had what we've all dreamed for, a five-year run of being in there. We, maybe we never win. Maybe. That's what Ainge, I'm sure, is arguing. We'll never win a championship. May, maybe. But, man, you're going to win a ton of games. You'll be 250 games the next five years. But that's what we always talk about. The championship should not be the measure of success. Yes, that is the ultimate goal. We get that. But you've got to be really lucky to win that. How about you build a team, as the Jazz were, that win 50-plus games a year, right. and, you're, and you got a chance. Right. And things go right. You get lucky. Oh, we're going to actually be in the finals this time. But I just... Right. Develop, think, your, develop your young players, so just right. like the Warriors did with Looney and Poole. It's 27 right. and 30, 30th pick in the draft. And they're, right. they're, su- they're wearing a ring, and they're super important. Uh, by the way, Mike Conley goes to the Lakers in the deal I yes, put together. I saw that. I saw the Lakers. Goes. The Lakers get... The Lakers... You, look, you have to trade probably some second round picks and maybe Talon Horton Tucker. Yep. Uh, he's only 23. The Jazz could value another young player and, and or move him again in time mm-hmm. uh, for more picks even. Great. Picks, picks, picks. Super, super. It's really worked out great for Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and LA can't wait. This is LeBron's last year. Yeah. Like Conley, they need to win. Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, no, that, that, that I mean, be, Rudy, get, Rudy Gay. They're just, Rudy Gay. just depth. They're, to me, some of those guys won't play in the postseason. Who cares? There'll be innings eaters in the regular season. Which you need because LeBron right. ain't playing 82 games, right. which is a story we'll get to uh, later on. Right. You know, I was thinking about the Knicks and Donovan Mitchell. Okay. So if you're the Knicks, if I'm the Knicks and in your trade, none of their major guys go away. They keep RJ Barrett. The right. 28 contract goes. I would imagine Julius Randle might have to go too for the, for the money to work. Um, maybe you give up Reddish. But if you have a Jalen Brunson, who they're clearly pot committed to because he's already on the team, and a Donovan Mitchell backcourt. All right, that's fine. I'm I'm okay with that backcourt. But if I'm building a team, I go okay. I need size 
and defense almost everywhere else on on the court with those two. Um, because as much as Jalen gives effort on defense, he's six foot. There's only so much he can do. So I think R.J. Barrett projects as someone who can play defense because he's six seven, six eight, whatever. Yeah. He's got long six, arms. Eight. Yeah. You know, uh, who's my big man that I that can give me that kind of defense? You know, Jericho Sims is young. Mitchell Robinson, okay. You know, Julius Randle's not great on defense at power forward, right? So who's who's my four man that I can get that can really give me a little more spacing and again some defense? But I, I like that if I'm the Knicks. But that's what I'd be thinking if I was going to make that move. Uh, I think you're right. So they're going to have a weak defensive backcourt. Uh, we, we've seen those teams win a ton of games mm-hmm. before. Weak weak backcourts. And Donovan Mitchell shouldn't be a bad defensive player. He shouldn't. Be. He shouldn't yeah. be. He just right. he just simply shouldn't be. Uh, he's small, six two. He's built like a tailback. Mm-hmm. He's, no, I'm sorry, he's built like a fullback. You know, yeah. strong safety. And he's got a 6'10 wingspan. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy should be a plus defender. Brunson will fight. Uh, we saw what Steph Curry became as a defensive player mm-hmm. without looking like Donovan, right. uh, just because he tries hard and competes. But, yeah, it would help to have a plus 3, plus 4, and a plus 5 defensive player. Uh, and I also think you'll stagger those two guards some. Maybe mm-hmm. more so than you might otherwise, so yeah. that you don't, have to have, you, know, you don't have to have three good defensive players around him. But, right, if you're New York and that's your backcourt, you're, you're going to win a ton of games. Those guys are really good players. And then if you're New York, because what they're thinking about is, okay, R.J. Barrett. And, you know, it's funny. Cam Reddish is, is, gone, is gone in your deal. And I'm like, you know me, coach. My basketball love language is tall dudes who can shoot. <laughs> right? Like, that, that's what I'm like. God, Reddish can be. I feel like he can be so good if me developed too. properly. Me that's too. just my, my feeling yeah. on that. Um, so with R.J. Barrett, can you see him then in an Andrew Wiggins role, right? With, as Wiggins with the Warriors, where you're really athletic, you're long, you guard, you cut to the rim, you knock down catch and shoot open threes. You're not going to be the primary ball handling, you know, league guy. Maybe you can be a secondary tertiary ball handler, but I think that would be a good role for him. What do you think? I, I would say more of Clay Thompson. Oh, okay. um, he needs to. He needs to. Uh, he needs to shoot better. He did. He made progress a year ago i don't remember what yeah. he shot last season he, he regressed a little last year he did is, you know, so he, yeah. he's yeah he's not gonna be clay thompson but but he's got you know he can be a 40 percent three-point shooter in fact i think he was in year three or year two so if he can do that and then do the things you said obviously cut you know play the right way but but be a plus defender mm-hmm. uh that's a hell of a trio it's a hell of a trio donovan and jalen can really score mm-hmm. and if you can if you can surround them with a shooting three a shooting four and a dunk spot five yeah, that's pre- pretty much what Donovan had in Utah. We saw how good they could do. Um, I don't. I don't think. I think they need a coaching change. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm just. I think that I, I could be wrong, but uh, I'm just not convinced that's the right guy. It, it it isn't because they have guys that are young on that team that have talent, but we never get to see them play because the minute they mess up, it's bench yeah, for o- you. Obi Toppin should be a plus player. Oh my actually. god, yeah. Obi's. I mean, so every time he steps on the floor, I'm like, oh my. god. God, yeah. this dude jumps off the page. So athletic. But I'm like, why hard. isn't he playing 40 minutes a night? Or yeah. not 40, 30-something yeah. minutes a night. Like, <laughs> you know. I, but I agree. I um, agree. Speaking of Donovan, and, and, you know, when I mentioned, is he the number one? And I, I like how you clarified it, which is why we have this show. You're like, he can be the number one scorer yeah. on, on, a, on a title team. And I'm like, I, I like that, that distinction. Seth Part now put out his annual tier rankings. Um, the final tier came out today. And, you know. Everyone, I think, is slotted where they belong in my estimation. Nothing really jumps out. It jumps out to me. It's like, oh, my God, this person is egregiously, you know, miscast. Um, I like the idea of ranking players in terms of, like, not, is Steph Curry better than LeBron? No. Steph Curry, LeBron James, Giannis, Nikola Jokic, Kevin Durant. Like, those seven dudes 
are in tier one, right? <laughs> However you want to parse them out, that's for your own whatever. But these are the guys that are we are no doubt believe any one of them can be the best player on a championship team. And oh, by the way, six of them have, right? Like have already proven that in their careers. Um, when you look at Seth's rankings, would it, anything stick out to you as like, oh, interesting, or I disagree. I'd probably move this guy higher or lower. You know, I didn't study that much. I love Seth. We're, we text each other a lot. Um, I, I, th- I thought he had a couple guys a little lower than what I would have expected. Um, uh, it, it, it's not worth debating because mm. it's, it's close enough. And I think to your point, um, it's how we should look at it. You're exactly yes. right. So if all these players were on one team, what was, so when, I, when I've helped teams before, that's something I've, I've always challenged coaching staffs to do is weekly rank your team, get your coaches together. My, my advice to staffs is every Sunday for high school, for example, they never play on Sunday. Colleges do and pros do. So for high school, every Sunday, put in the books, breakfast, lunch, or dinner with the team staff. That's it. And in that dinner, uh, rank your team and keep track of it in a notebook. If you want to invite your wives, great. Bring your wives and uh, have someone organize it every week. And it's interesting to see how things change over time. Because, for example, if you notice the guy ranked third at the beginning or the girl ranked third is ninth a month later, well, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Like you may not even think about it. You, you may think about it, but you may not. It's right there on paper. You can see them drop. You can do tables every week and fancy charts. Uh, <laughs> but that's with your team. Yeah. In the league, I think Seth is right. I think what you're saying is right. Uh, these are the best, play, you know, the best cut. Um, how you evaluate is a little bit different. You can look at metrics. You can look at value. Uh, we at True Hoop would look at bonus wins mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as a way to maybe differentiate them is how much more uh, are you delivering than what we're paying you for? Mm-hmm. Because the truth is, I think Henry valued a win, Henry's group uh, for bonus wins, at three point plus million dollars. Three, three point eight. Yeah, three point eight yeah. something. Yeah. So mm-hmm. to win fifty five games, it's cost you one hundred ninety million dollars. You can't afford that. Nope. So we've got to find people for one hundred twenty million that can win mm-hmm. fifty five games. So you have to have mm-hmm. those bonus wins. So that that would be the way I would I would tend yeah. to do it. Yeah. But I would also factor in this is very hard, and this goes to something we talked about with the Knicks. I, I've heard Jalen Brunson's an unbelievable culture guy. And that's the part you can't measure. Yeah, I think it's hard to measure. Mm -hmm. uh, Because you you could be on a bad team and help their culture, but you never would really know until you get somewhere else. But I And again, that's what I've heard, that he's just Mm -hmm. off-the-chart culture guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I have a quick question for you on this. Yeah. Uh, I did not realize that the Knicks have just been like like bird-dogging him, recruiting him, sitting behind the bench at jazz games. Like, what? I mean, the league's going to be mean, investigation, right? Th- there is, there already is. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think it concluded yet. I mean, they're probably going to get a tampering fine. Like, I mean, it, it, first of all, like the whole idea of hiring Rick, his dad, that's some shit you do. A college team does yeah, all of us all the like, time. What? Right? Yeah. I was like, what, what is this? Like, it was very blatant. And that you don't, you don't have to be a deep basketball studier like we are. The ties between Leon Rose, Thibodeau, and the Brunsons and William Wesley ain't that deep. Like, it's not that difficult to find out. Oh, they all from the same. Oh, weird. He was his agent. Like, yeah. It's, I mean, I bet Wesley and, and, and Leon have known Jalen since he was born. Right. I mean, it's I just, believe, I believe that they haven't, I don't even mind. Uh, uh, all those things are legal. 
But yes. it's sitting on the court at a jazz playoff game. That's a little bit creepy <laughs> that's to me. So weird. That's yeah, so that weird. that is what bothered me. I don't mind relationships. Um, and it's Utah's fault. Utah, if I'm Utah two years ago when it's starting and last year, I am sitting down Dom and his agent and saying, like, hell is going to free us over before you are playing for any team other than this team. Like you, you we we have been in the desert for decades. In fact, you're you're the best guard we've ever had. Not not pure point guard, guard. Right, but guard, yeah. We had Stockton. Right. And then we had Jeff Hornacek. Right. But you're you're, had, you're better than them. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like you're going nowhere, man. Like we, we want us to hire uh, someone from your family. Fine. <laughs> Let's talk. <laughs> but like you're an enormously talented player. Uh, you're going nowhere. The Jazz just they fuck and New York. Pounced on it. So, I, yeah, there needs to be investigation into that, that part of it. Hire whoever the hell you want to hire. Yeah, I want to I, hire. And I, I, have, I know Rick a little bit. I knew him when he was a college player. Um, seems like a great guy. Jay, he certainly raised what I've heard as an amazing son in Jalen. Um, the Knicks are trying to do things the right way culture-wise. Let's, let's see what it turns into. It does. It Thibodeau just, gets it, in the way. It, it, well, there's that. And I feel like then they do these other moves. And I'm like, how does like that what? work? Like what? Like so, remember last year when they when they re-signed um, uh, Randall? I was like, okay, look, maybe sign and trade him, whatever. I was like, because I don't think he's going to be the. This is his height. I don't think he's going to be better than he was this year. He was All NBA third yeah. or second team last year. Second team, I think. Second team, I think so. He, that ain't happening again. Like he's not. Like that's just not a thing. And now everyone knows the value is depressed on him. So it's like he's got three years left on that deal. It's going to be a little bit tougher contract to move. Fournier, I guess, and he's got two years left at 20? I mean, it, it's just some weird signings, and I'm like, huh? I don't get it. I mean, they got off the Kemba Walker deal great. Um, but, I, then, I had, just so you know, I had Rose and Fournier go into the Lakers as yes. part of this big deal. Yes, you did. You, the you, the Lakers were loaded. They were loaded because they signed a bunch of young players that I think have some upside, so they're, they'd be deep as hell, just what you said. LeBron, AD, missing games. They shouldn't lose. They're not going to be all sacrificed. Right, they lose one guy or the they lose both guys. They won't be as good, obviously. But at least they can they can make up for one guy if they do this kind of deal. Um, and if you're the Utah, you know maybe you can trade all your guys piecemeal and get more from it. Right, but, man. There's some benefit to just one shop done. We get these other guys and uh, and we just wave Westbrook right away. He never wears a jersey. If, if I'm Utah and it's not a four team deal and it's just me and the Knicks, I mean I'm pilfering all their young guys. Right. I mean that's. And picks, right? That that that's what I'm going yeah, after. Yeah, they'll get top in. They'll get quickly. Yeah, I, I, I would I want, I want, Yeah, I'm, I'm going after those guys for yeah, sure. I would too. You know? Yeah. Um, they got trade know, Danny, Bogdan, They got to trade Bogdanovich somewhere. Maybe they trade him to New York. He Danny, did last year of his deal. Yeah, Danny was able to get all that for, for Rudy. So I, yeah. I can't imagine he's gonna. And I bet you know Henry talks about this all the time. One of the ways a GM keeps his job is by convincing his owner we have a long term plan. Oh. Well. Hundred percent. By doing this, he's bought himself what at least five seasons. I right? thought this. I thought the same thing. And so you can always package those picks for for players later if you if you want to get good again. But no, I think he's just going to kick the can down the road, which is why I would I would rip up my season ticket uh, request. And I'm like, dude, I'll, I'll, I'll catch you in ten. I'll catch you in ten years. I'm I'm taking my allegiance elsewhere. I I would just be. If I'm the Jazz, I'd be just going crazy over what they just did to that franchise. No, it's it, it terrible. So this morning, you sent a text in our group chat saying, we need to do a question on today's bringing in. Who is the team everybody is sleeping on that is going to come out of nowhere, possibly have a chance to contend? 
uh, and win. So I, I would imagine similar to what Memphis did this year. Because aside from us, because we are presidents of the and vice presidents of the Triple J fan club, I don't think anybody else thought Memphis was going to be that good this year. We did, but most people didn't. Um, so I someone, a team like that, who's going to be like, oh, they're going to win 50-something games, and they're in the mix. So who is on your mind as a team that you're like, oh, no one's talking about this team. Watch out for X. Okay, so first of all, who's the president of the Triple J fan club? Oh, me. You're the vice president. You, you think so? I, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, happy, so. <laughs> I'm happy to be your. I'm happy to be your wingman, but I'm the one who published before the draft that he was the best prospect. Yeah, and, you published and, it, and, and I Luke, said it. Oh, did you? And Luca, <laughs> yeah. and Luca was in that draft, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were and, and, and Aiden and Aiden. But the reason <laughs> we said that was because of what Triple J could be defensively, right? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's sure. what made the ceiling. And three-point three shooting. He made all defense. Left, so yeah. we're not wrong. We're not no, we're, wrong. It's moving in the right direction. Right? <laughs> yes. I, I'm not embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed <laughs> being vice nope. president of the club. I just want to make sure I knew my role. So, I'm, I, so in terms of who I think are people sleeping on, I did not pick a team like okay. Memphis, although you, you're welcome to. Uh, I just, I think every team, everyone that's in the know would mention this team but I think they're like also Rans. Mm. And I think the Milwaukee Bucks oh, are fucking I like where your head's at. Fantastic. I like where your head's they at. They just did another deal with Pat Connaughton. He's there. Mm-hmm. He's set. They got Joe Ingles, who mm. is a innings eater in the regular season. Great passer. Great culture guy. Uh, just fun. Keep it light. Um, he was not good last year for you know, when he pay, barely played. He was so good for Utah a couple of years ago. And he doesn't have to do very much. Nope. Uh, Giannis is still ascending. Giannis. Got, <laughs> got his free throw game getting better. Um, Middleton comes back. Mm-hmm. But they lost, they lost to a fantastic Celtics team. In seven. In seven without Middleton. Like, I just think we, if I'm picking an Eastern favorite, everyone's talking Philly right now with Brooklyn losing Durant probably. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll lose, but it's a whole other thing. But Brooklyn isn't the same team they were. I, I I still think I favor Milwaukee. I like what like where your head's at. I also, I mean, Middleton's probably their most important clutch player too, right? Like yeah, in the yeah. in crunch time, yeah. right? Yeah, and they're um, motivated. No, they're motivated. Oh yeah, I, I love that pick. And the the rest, I think, for Middleton was big, right? Not yeah, having yeah. to play playoffs this year because yeah. again, last year was an Olympic year for him. Right, right exactly after they won the right. finals, he's on a plane going to going to China or exactly, Japan. God, me. that's exactly right. That's exactly right. It's just yeah. it's just too much. All right, yeah. so in that same vein, yeah, yeah. Western Conference, Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah. They, they, that, I, I'm not sleeping on them. <laughs> I, 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 you, I think they're going to be fantastic. If Kawhi and PG are healthy, and we're going to get into this in, in a minute with Henry's piece, I don't mean play 82 games. If they manage them correctly and they play 60 or whatever the number is, that, that's a two-way wing combo that... I mean, oh, and they're, and they're so deep. Yeah. They got Zubach inside. Right. They got man. They, they got, got they, yeah. They have a tough. They and, and Luke Kennard is good. Oh, yeah. And Reggie Jackson's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And John Wall doesn't have Ooh. to play, but ten minutes. You know, eight minutes a half, six minutes a half potentially. Going against backups and third stringers, most yeah. likely John Wall. Yeah. yeah. With with like Terrence it. Mann running with them and uh, and Luke Kennard shooting. Um, yeah, they they lost Hartenstein. He he you know he's yep. good. He matters. Yeah, he he was good for them. Um. Yeah, I, I think that they're. I probably put them as a right there with a Western favorite. Once I see Kawhi play, I need to see him play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it's been two years since Kawhi played. No, not two years. 
No, no, no. He played. He got hurt though. That's right. Yes. In the Jazz series two years ago. Yes, that's he got hurt in the Jazz series in the postseason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think we. I think the Clippers can really be terrific. And I, and I, I told you, Ty Lue is my new favorite. Oh, he, he's wonderful. Um, so there's a big uh, French prospect that we here at True Hoop told you guys about a year or two years ago. Year, was that, year and a half that, ago. He, was he the one on video with uh, yep. mm-hmm. wow. with Rudy? Victor Wembanyama. I didn't even know Weminyama, Who, by the way, when you see him standing next to Rudy Gobert, who is a mountain of a human being, not like this yeah. wise, this wise. Tall, tall uh, Victor is like two inches taller. Jeez. It's like, holy. And I mean, and he is fluid. He's, I'm like, oh my God, this guy. If he ever becomes a thing, some team is going to get lucky. And here's the, here's who I think is going to be winning the Victor well, sweepstakes. So hold on. To be fair, you can be the worst team and not win it because the yes. odds are different. Correct. So who, who do you think is going to be, have the most ping pong balls for you? <laughs> I, I have a feeling Oklahoma City is going to be back. Do you really? <laughs> I, I, I think that they're either going to trade Shea like at the trade deadline. Like, oh, no, we're winning too many games. We got to get out of here. <laughs> and they're going to because then you're going to because what I think Sam wants to do is a team full of seven footers. He's going to be the first GM to put out five seven foot dudes on the floor. Chet, Victor, Poku. Oh, so it's Josh Giddy, 6'10". Six, Whatever. Nine, six, eight. Po- All right. Uh, close po- enough. Was it? Poku. Poku. Was it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's going to put seven footers out there. Which, yeah. by the way, you know you know my theory. If you have a team full of like, I mean, they're not that level, but if you have five Kevin Durant's on the floor. Yeah, that'd be good. fine. <laughs> but they, but they don't have any of them. <laughs> well, <laughs> they don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> they, they have none right now. Right. Oh, in theory, five Durant's, that's definitely a champion. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you're going OKC. Yeah. I'm going to stick I'm going to stick to brand. And uh, I'm going Utah. <laughs> I think Utah is going to get rid of everybody, like everyone that's any good. And uh, I mean, I feel bad for the new coach. Like, what did you well, sign up for? Buddy? Listen, yeah, he'll be fine. He'll get paid. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. there's only uh, three right, of these jobs right. available. You're he'll right. Be you're fine. right. You're right. But it's just <laughs> but, he might get a second job. It, it, well, here's the fun thing: they're going to be drafting the two best French players back to back, right? Like in back. Oh my god. Great Rudy, idea. And now Victor, right? Look at this. This is amazing. <laughs> Holy cow. That's true. That may not go well. Yeah, Rudy can't have good things. Well, who knows? We'll see. But I think they're going to get rid of – because don't they have Pat Bev? Yes, they yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, they do. And they've got Malik Beasley. Those guys can't be traded until the end of August. So come uh, – yeah, in the Minnesota yeah, they're going to move those guys. Gonna, I think they're going to trade everybody. And I get it. And, uh, and just be the worst team in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so summer league coach, I texted you two days ago and I said, tell me everything about Raekwon Gray. I think he's going to be amazing. <laughs> no, you did not write that. Uh, I didn't say that. <laughs> no, you wrote a, Your question was better. It was, uh, I want to know what you know about Raekwon Gray. Do you remember what I wrote back? You're like, I know everything. <laughs> right. I know Raekwon. I struggle. I struggle with confidence. <laughs> Raekwon played at Florida State with yeah. uh, with Max, coach's son. So yeah. of course you know everything about him. But the reason why I got excited was because I said, okay, look, I- I'm I'm big into player development. This is what happens when you hang out with Coach Thorpe and become friends yeah. with him. You you become obsessed with it. But no, but you realize, yeah. these this is what matters. Like yes, yeah, I think so. St- Stars are stars. Like, we get that. But you need to fill out the rest of your roster. How do you know who's good? There are probably a million good people, but you don't know because you're shitty at developing guys. So I said, okay, these are four guys in Brooklyn that I love. Gray's one. Kessler Edwards is one. David Duke Jr. is good. Is another one. And, and Dayron Sharp. And I think you like just about all of them. Yeah. But talk to me about Gray and why you think he'll be an excellent player if 
given the right royal jelly and develop properly. Yeah. I'll, I'll, well, first, I want to say uh, one of my favorite players in summer league has been David Duke Jr. Yes. Uh, he can't shoot. He's got to no, learn to yet. shoot. At least I don't think he can shoot. Uh, but no one stops from going to the hole. He's so he's so good driving downhill. And here's the thing: like we're drafting dudes, um, like Johnny Davis from Wisconsin, tenth. All he does is go to the rack. He's not any good, you know. <laughs> Duke's a little bit older. Um, this guy is a talented player, David Duke Jr. I'm I'm a fan of relentless attacker. I really like him and plays really hard. And Raekwon, like, there's a reason why. Pat Williams came off the bench when he was at Florida State and then went number four. And then Scotty Barnes came off the bench because Raekwon was playing their position a lot. He's a primary ball handling P.J. Tucker. He's a big, strong dude. He, he went to the combine fat two, seasons, two drafts ago and destroyed him. He was 57th pick, I want to say. And um, uh, he was shooting threes early in his career at Florida State. He stopped just driving all the time. I don't know why he did that. Uh, his shot looks great. Very quick hands, very quick feet, 6'8", 250. Like he's just, again, he's, he's PJ Tucker with primary ball handling's abilities. He really knows how to play. Very dedicated guy. I thought he was a 10 year starter in the league. I really did. I still, I still do. I've not been impressed enough. I've watched him play this summer. He's better than what he's showing. I think he's been rocked. These guys and not Raekwon and not Florida state players, any player who thought he was a first round pick left early and didn't get there. It's hard. It's a re- and I and playing G League all last season. If I was them, I would two way him. I wouldn't even two way him. I would give him a deal and really give him a chance. He doesn't need to be in the G League anymore. Uh, I think he's only twenty two or twenty three. Yeah, yeah, he might be twenty two. Um, I I think he's a really talented player, Gerard. Yeah, and uh, I think yeah. Kessler Edwards is good. What what when do they draft him? Uh, was he, he was uh, drafted twelve second round thirty something. He was like his second round pick. What year? Uh, last year. That's what I thought. Yeah, That's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those guys, those, those guys, um, they, they've got a, meanwhile, I think they've lost all four of their summer league games, but not because no, they, they, they won last they night. Win they're one. two and two. Two and oh, two. Did they win last night? Mm-hmm. In the yeah, last second, I did watch mm-hmm. it. Okay. So yeah, but whatever. The, but those guys, those guys are all, can all play. Uh, you got to develop them. You got to build a culture around them. They're nice role players. Raekwon though. I mean, nobody, come on at, at 22, who thought PJ Tucker would be making five million a year at 37? He, wa- he wasn't even in the league at the Right. Point. He had to go overseas Israel. That, I think Raekwon is really, he's a really gifted defender who can yeah. handle the ball and shoot. I, I love him. He seems very smart when I watch him. Like, he knows where he's supposed to be. Like, he, he, he yeah. you know, a coach, a coach uh, speak that you, you, he makes the right play, yeah. right? He's in the right spot. I'm like, he's this not is in a rush. You, he's no, not in a rush. Yeah. He's this really is what talented. you need. Now, yeah. the challenge, of course, is. When you got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, dudes like this don't tend to work, right? Because those two were like, I need you to do a hezzy pulley pull up left. It's like, okay, they can't do that shit. They're not you. Like they right. gotta, they gotta do what they do, you know. But what, what it, do you think is gonna happen with those two? Because I want to, I want to have a guess too. I look one at a time. Kyrie and Katie. Katie. Joe Sai has said, I am not going into next season the same way we did last season. That, to me, is specifically about Kyrie Irving. When he makes that statement, he's talking about Kyrie, which being the whole vaccine thing. Now, it doesn't matter that the vaccine mandate is lifted because in Josiah's mind, it's always something with this dude. It may not be the vaccine. It's it's going to be something else. The damage is done. Right. And I don't want to deal with it. Look, this may be crazy. I could totally see Josiah being like, you know what? I'm going to stretch and wave this dude because I'm going to pay you to stay away because I don't even want you in this. What is he getting paid this year? 
thirty. It's thirty six left is in that. that, on that deal. Is, is yeah. that right? Okay, that's so the last yeah, year. Of, last year stretch. of his deal. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he opted in. So it's a huge stretch. But here's the thing: Joe Sy is a man who fired three CEOs of BSE Global already in I don't know eighteen months, which tells me as a boss he's extremely demanding and expects a certain level of performance from his key employees. Yeah. Okay, Kyrie, uh, Seth Partnow had him ranked in tier three, and Seth said about Kyrie, shook him in the beginning. On talent alone, he's in tier two. But I don't even know if he's going to come to work. I mean, the game is, you have to play the game, right? You have to show up and play. If I don't know if you're ever going to be here, well, how can I do, I can't plan. So no, stretch, wave. That's that's what I think he's going to do. Or they're going to try to figure out, how can we just get him out of here to whoever, the Lakers, and get back something of value. With Durant, because Durant's a different type of person, Durant's not a type to sit out and not play. Like he loves basketball too much. He's not. The, I don't. I don't think. And you correct me if, I, if you think I'm wrong. I don't think he's the type to dog it on the floor and not play hard when he's out there. Like he's not going to do that. James Harden thing. He's going to be like, well, I'm not missing a year. Screw it. I love this game too much. I'm going to play. I may not be happy with what we got, but they may be able to convince him. Well, Kevin, look, with Ben playing well and these guys, we're doing all right. You sure you want to leave? And you know, we'll we'll see. But I, I think he's going to start the start the season as a member of the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, I think you nailed that. Yeah, I completely agree. I think they're going to get rid of Kyrie. I think be a trade, but whatever. And then they're going to, I think Joe's going to say to KD, like, we're not trading you. Like, you can want whatever you want. Uh, you can play. You can not play. But we think we're going to put a competitive team on the court. We're going to try to get better. Uh, we expect you to earn the money we're paying you, uh, or we'll suspend you. Like, you, you know, show up and play. And I think he'll be fine. He, he's, you know, he doesn't like to ruffle feathers that way. No. Um, and with Kyrie gone, maybe that's what he's, he'll be happy to begin with. That might be his play. Yeah, I think so. We're, we're in agreement. I think he starts the season with Brooklyn. I think so. Um, you know, Henry put out a piece today, and, you know, I encourage everybody to go check it out on True Hoop. And it's sort of a trend that we're seeing happening with people playing less games than normal, right? NBA stars, on average, missed 28 games, which is... You know, that's, that's that's significant, right? That's thirty. I mean, the NBA season is only eighty-two games, so that's hey, right, right. more than a, it's more than a quarter of the season. It's something that we've said forever. There are too many games being played, and whether it be injury or load management or whatever, guys aren't playing eighty-two. And you mentioned something earlier about you know you don't do what other what what older players do, which is question the toughness of these guys and whatever. Yeah. And Henry wrote this in the piece, and I agree. You can't make it to this league if you're not tough. Like, you're not going to get here. Like, it's just too, it's too many good dudes, let alone be a superstar in this league or a star. Hell no. You got to have some toughness to get to that level in this league. Too many alpha competitors out there that literally want to kill you when they play you. So, no, you have to be tough. But the reality is, and I encourage everybody to go do this. Go, and if you, can, you, know, if you don't have NBA Classic or whatever, go pull up YouTube. Go watch, just don't even watch full games. Watch highlights of... 1970s, 1980s, 1990s, and 2000s basketball. And then watch highlights from this year's NBA playoffs. The game is just way different. You used to be able to, you had to guard space from the rim to maybe a little bit above the free throw line. That was, you know, and then obviously everything around it. Now you're going logo and to the rim. That is, you think of a car and like ballistic force. Like that's just that ability to sprint back from in the paint, race out to 30 feet, like that puts pressure on your joints. And that, I mean, it's just harder to play basketball now. 
the way the game spread out, it's way, way harder. Athletes are bigger, stronger, faster, right? There are, you, you, <laughs> I love this, this part in, in the piece. There are almost no unathletic players in the league. The only unathletic player that, I mean, I'm not even saying unathletic, but the closest to is Jokic. And I love when Henry talked about <laughs> Coach Thorpe's way that he describes Nikola Jokic because he's got computer brain. He plays at his own speed and he does music. He just kind of like <laughs> does his own thing. Like, but he, he is just one dude who can do that, right? Everybody else, right, doesn't have that ability. They've got to be like, I'm getting killed out here on, on this floor. And I think we saw it. And I think the reason why we're seeing it now, especially coach, is because of what has transpired the last two years, COVID and everything and the compressed seasons, three seasons in 24 calendar months. Oh, guess what? That's going to hurt guys. I mean, we saw how many guys missed Jamal Murray didn't play all season. Michael Porter Jr. didn't play. I mean, so many guys, Ben Simmons. I mean, it's just the list goes on and on and on. You know, I think Adam's got to start looking at things. And he's, he's talked about potentially cutting cutting games. I think he's got to really look, look long and hard at this. The um, it's, it's, it's not just three years, Gerard. Uh, and it has been a crazy three years. It still, it still is. Like, people still testing positive for COVID. I, my assistant got COVID uh, when he was in Vegas. And um, so I, I wasn't exposed to him. Um, I, I, my next door neighbor is right over here. You know, it's just... It's everywhere. They're they're all fine, but um, uh, it's athletes are showing up to the NBA with their wrecked bodies. Mm -hmm. And what I'd like to see the NBA do is a two two pronged approach. One, we're going to not enhance these wrecked bodies into getting even more wrecked mm -hmm. because of our style and our number of games we play and so forth. And also, we're going to institute better strategies to help them recover mm -hmm. the wrecked mm -hmm. bodies that they have and get back to where they once were. You know, name name someone a, a a health czar, and they're strictly in their job is to help all thirty teams institute better practices mm -hmm. for uh, not just load management. That's just a catchphrase for right. it. How do we help these guys not just prevent getting injured, but actually build better bodies so that they don't yes. aren't at risk in in the future? It's it's a it's an issue. Which is why I talk about innings eaters. You're, mm -hmm. You know, you need to have guys that'll suck those minutes up and soak them in, and and not have a and not be bad. You got to be quality, mm -hmm. uh, so that we can rest our better players more, yep. let them recover better, and have them in the postseason when we need them most. No, I, I'm with you 100. percent And you know, we, you as someone who obviously you coach players of all levels, but you used to coach a lot of younger youth, yeah. youth players when 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 you're first coming up. I know it's the same for you as it is for me, even though I'm a, a little bit younger. My best swimmers coach were the kids that played multi-sports. Those were always, and I'm talking about kids who make senior national cuts, Olympic trial cuts, right? Played multiple sports growing up. Most of the top athletes in the world, if you look at their history coming up, they were also top, like Drew Brees was a nationally ranked junior tennis player. Like, I mean, th these are... These are the things, and I, I feel like this early specialization that parents do, for sure. you know, the, the, the Tiger Woods model, for lack of a better term, like, yeah. okay, you can create a Tiger Woods, but that's one in a million. Yeah. The rest of y'all, that ain't happening, right? No, it's, 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 it's one in seven billion. Well, I was going to say, yeah. It's a, yeah. <laughs> He's the when, best ever. Right. That's, yeah, one, in, which is, you're not getting that, right? Yeah. So now you've got kids who are 11, who only play baseball, already getting Tommy John surgery, all sorts of, like, ridiculous things, and it's like, what are we doing out here? Because there's something inherent in the ability to, when you're playing other sports, it's different muscles, cross training, just do, 
And just for your mind's sake, right? It's something different. It's okay to play sports all year round, but one thing repetitively over and over, to your point, it, it's it's where these these joints are already coming in with tre- treads coming off the tires, yeah. right? Like, and it's it's problematic. It is, and and I like I like the NBA to set a better example at the top, and then have it trickle down and try to you know we have no basketball federation. There's no organizing body covering basketball here like there are in a lot of countries in the world, in Europe especially, and Asia. And um, we, we could, we, uh, I, I would be happy to volunteer my time to something like that, having spent so many years working with young people, uh, bef- bef- both before my son and after he started playing. Um, we, my, the programs I was involved in, we did it the right way. We, we managed all of that. We didn't, in baseball, we didn't let them throw curveballs. We, we, we really limited their pitches. Uh, I, I have vivid memories, Gerard. This is going on. So 11 years ago this week, my son's ultra team had made it to the state sectionals because they had won their championship locally in, the, in our county. And uh, I was in Vegas at Summer League, so I missed some really incredible baseball if my son played. But I heard about it. My, my brother texted me pitch by pitch when he was pitching. <laughs> but I'm telling you, the practices prior to the all-star event and then the sectional championship, uh, oh, I bet at least once a week, uh, our players worked on fielding grounders, and then you had to roll the ball back to the, mm-hmm. to the coach. We didn't let him throw it. Like we just, he would, our, our head coach, I, he was a manager. I just kind of oversaw it. He was in charge. He would talk to the players and talk to the parents about, hey, how, how are your kids' arms when they go home? And if, if, you know, three, four, five different players talked to just even a tiny bit of soreness, boom, we shut. You couldn't throw a single ball at practice that day, not one. Everything was fielding or batting and rolling the ball underhand back. That's, that's how it needs to be for basketball, too. We, I did it with a player this week. I, I pretty much told, told, told his agent, uh, we need to take a day off. That's normally we don't take. When the player said he didn't want to work on step-back threes with me because his knees were a little sore, I realized, and we had already had a quiet workout, he needs another day. Like, and he didn't fight it, which is a good sign. The agent said to me, he called the player, and the player's like, yep, I'm going to take a day. It's fine. And this is an NBA player. This is a pro, people. He's one of the best players in the world, and he's six foot nine or whatever, six foot ten, and amazing shape in his prime. And he didn't want to do step back threes because he felt a little soreness. He has a therapist at his house five days a week. Like he is a is a very dedicated thing, but this is how you get hurt. You just push it. It's July. What are we doing? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's not happening in AU, I promise you that. (laughs) They're playing nonstop. That that's a whole other thing, and I'm sure you've got your you've got your issues oh, okay. with, with 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 that and how that whole yeah. thing goes. Oh yeah. But everyone, check out that piece because it really yeah, you know great. Henry posits a couple different theories on why things are happening, and you know again we want to see these guys play their best ball in the postseason, right? But it, it just the way the schedule's get up, we don't see that. Because Jason it, Tatum. Thank you. That, that's he was look. I'm not, I don't want to take away from Andrew Wiggins. Or no, the not at all. But it, it was easier. Much easier. Right. Much easier. He, he was running on empty when, in, in that fight. Right. And you could just see it. Um, and this is the, the price of playing Olympics the, the summer before, going deep. And it's it just, it's too much basketball. And, you know, we need to look at And Adam's thinking about, you know, adding a play-in tournament. I'm like, well, we can't do a play. I mean, yeah. a, sorry, a mid-season tournament. Without you can't, skipping some other yeah. games. You can't add in more. Now we'll be 100 games in the regular season before we can get to the playoffs. That's madness. So, you know, you know my theory. Two games against every team, right? 58, boom. Then you add in your tournament, fine. Like I'm not against it. Listen, you, you Adam, talk to our guy Marcus Elliott over at P3. Yes. You know, he could be the czar. 
there you go. He's he's got some some things to show you about yeah. what it what it means for your players. And guess what? That means better product for everyone. You know, more, better TV ratings, more streams, uh, more revenue, making up for the lack of ticket for the less games. Everything. Yeah. All right, folks, uh, enjoy the weekend summer league games happening. We will be back on Monday. Um, get ready this summer. We're going to be doing some interesting things on, on bringing in here. We're going to have some interesting guests coming up. Uh, you know, I, I'm excited about uh, some people who are going to be connected to basketball, but they're really brilliant in other things. So they're going to teach us some stuff. <laughs> Looking forward to it, my man. All right, guys, take care.